Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series in conversation with K2 Intelligence Finn, CEO Jeremy Kroll on GRC risks, strategies, in the future. This special five-part podcast series is sponsored by K2 Intelligence Finn. As president, CEO, and co-founder of K2 Intelligence Finn, Jeremy Kroll is responsible for charting the firm's growth strategy. With more than two decades of investigative and leadership experience, Kroll has led K2 Intelligence since its inception in 2009 through its growth into an internationally recognized firm with six offices across the United States and Europe, including its merger with the Financial Integrity Network in September 2019. Kroll serves as a trusted advisor and more complex problem solver to business owners, boards of directors, and C-suite executives, working with them to mitigate risk across the corporate and family office spheres. He advises clients on risk management as they pursue strategic investments, including cross-border acquisitions and multinational investments, and helps to navigate the changing physical and cybersecurity landscape in a way that embraces technological change while minimizing strategic risk. Over this podcast series, we will explore in episode one, GRC Explained, in episode two, GRC at Work, in episode three, GRC and Investment Community, in episode four, GRC at K2 Intelligence Fin, and in episode five, GRC Then and Now. It's a podcast series that I know you will not only enjoy, but get a lot out of. This special five-part podcast series is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Jeremy Kroll, founder and president of K2 Intelligence Fin for our continued exploration of GRC. Today, we're going to take up the topic of GRC and K2 Intelligence Fin. Jeremy, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Great to be back. Jeremy, uh, it would occur to me that this is a something that you advise clients on uh, each and every day, but I was wondering if there's one piece of advice uh, you would really be able to drive home to entities as they look to enhance their GRC program. What might that be? I think it really starts with an investigative mindset and understanding what the core risks are um, and where is that inflection point? Sometimes you might find out a little bit late, but so long as you're quick to react and pivot, you can you can change the calculus. And so that just means you have to be ready with enough resources internally. You need to make sure that you have a, a couple of key crisis response or organizations on speed dial uh, because you can't do everything yourself and your, your team is usually focused on doing business as usual. And so pivoting in a moment of crisis is, is really hard for everybody. So how do you kind of be prepared and be in a position to make sure it's a normalized environment when you're dealing with a, 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 a significant risk to your organization? Jeremy, in addition to being a GRC subject matter expert, you actually run a company and you're also on the board of other organizations. So I was wondering if you may able, maybe could put your management hat on and tell us some of the things that uh, you think uh, you think about as a senior executive or manager or board of director, or what should a senior executive or board of director be thinking about in terms of GRC? 
Well, we are on the one hand, and I am personally in a kind of a, well, I am in an enviable position. I love my job. I find our field endlessly fascinating. It's um, an honor to be able to be put in place to try to solve complex problems for our clients. And our field has attracted uh, some remarkable professionals. Um, It's also a field that is growing. So we're constantly seeing young uh, talent coming in, both from the public and private sectors. So um, that's the good stuff. It's, um, it's, a, it's great to, to do what I do, and, and our organization handles some phenomenally challenging problems across the world. The, the downside is um, every day I'm reminded just how vulnerable even the best organizations are, even the best management teams are unprepared. And so I think the minute uh, someone gets sort of comfortable and says, oh, we got this, you know, we, we, we sort of, we know what's going on. We've gamed this whole thing out. We figured it all out. That's, that's the beginning of the end. And so I think the, the challenge for any leader today is to be a great listener, even as you're racing ahead to grow a business or, or innovate, uh, you, you need to pause every day for a moment, surround yourself with different voices, listen to those voices, even if you may not agree with them, because people are telling you something and you may not realize it if you're not self-aware enough. So whether it's your management team, whether it's the, the middle of the organization or even your most junior employees, I think any C-level person has to be situationally aware and has to be willing to listen. You have to embrace diversity. And I don't mean um, in any particular category. I mean just across the board uh, because diverse perspectives, backgrounds are always going to lead to better answers ultimately when it comes to mitigating or, or managing risk. So I think you know that's the kind of environment we're living in. And, and for board members, uh, oftentimes, you're challenged because you're not running the business. Your job is a fiduciary. Your job is to pose smart questions to the management team, uh, listen for the answers, um, and really have enough knowledge to be able to push back and or ask new questions um, and, and to really partner with the management team, but at the same time, not get cozy not get too comfortable because your job is really to safeguard shareholders and safeguard the enterprise. And I think it's totally healthy, you know, to have a devil's advocate, if you will, around at any point as a, as a board member. So those are a few insights. Uh, and I'm happy, I'm happy to hear of any experiences you've had both as, as a legal expert, as a, as a C level executive, uh, and even in talking to people that you do every day. What have you seen? What what is working in this environment? So the advantage of working for yourself is um, I am the company and the company is me. And other than working for a jerk, sometimes it's a great job. (laughs) But what I see really leads me into the next area I wanted to focus with you on because it's it's we've been able to visit in this podcast series, obviously about GRC. What interests me is the intersection of GRC in other areas, and particularly other areas within your company, your company, 
that you see GRC uh, not only working uh, parallel uh, planes, but perhaps intersecting as well. And that's the thing I try to get senior executives to see, that it's a very holistic approach. And if you silo really anything, as good as that thing might be, uh, you're not taking full advantage of it. So I was wondering if you might be able to uh, say a few words about some of the other areas of K2FIN and how they either run parallel or run parallel and then move to intersect with GRC. We have a fascinating company. We've been really blessed to attract people from the highest levels of um, government across the world um, where I think government gets a bad rap. So whether it's the U.S. government, the U.K. government, um, the Israeli government, the Singaporean um, you know, I think the business community loses sight of just how many of the greatest inventions known to woman or mankind are out there that were because a member of some government somewhere said, this is a big problem we need to solve. And so when it comes to uh, security, defense, risk management, and being able to um, essentially mitigate against a negative, um, defend against a negative, somehow prove that what you've done prevented a problem from ever occurring, you've always got to be one step ahead. And I think in our organization, collaboration is key. And our culture is all about sharing and communicating, working with respect, uh, even if we have different backgrounds. Um, And I love like the juxtaposition of people from one federal law enforcement agency versus another or state versus federal or one, one person from, you know, one country versus another. Um, they, they came from other worlds or someone was a journalist, an investigative journalist said one paper versus another. Now they're all on the same team and being able to have an environment where people share their experiences. So someone who is tremendous as an investigator, someone who has that forensic mindset, that they're really geared towards jumping in, in a crisis, looking backwards, seeing what happened, doing that after action, they're not necessarily the one that's geared towards, okay, let's design a risk assessment framework and a governance structure, a compliance regime. You know, that's a whole nother skill set. So it's critical that when we go to market and work with our clients, we, we do it embracing diversity. Because otherwise, we lose that golden opportunity to take advantage of a crisis, an investigation, understanding what drove the human behavior, what created this investment fraud or this theft of intellectual property, and how, how did it happen? Because those are great clues on how to prevent and mitigate in the future. And so our world is very much geared towards collaboration um, and a creative exercise and respecting one another's skill sets and backgrounds, recognizing that it could be a, a clients may not like to hear this, but a virtuous or wonderful cycle uh, because they probably, after a big investigation, did they ever want to see you again, Tom? From time to time. Fair response. Uh, I often hear from clients, you know, a decade later, you remember when I told you I never wanted to see you again? Well, I've got this new business or, you know, you solved that problem and, well, we didn't exactly follow what you had recommended. And, you know, 
I, I don't like getting those calls. I'd rather get the calls where we can be preventative and we can really help mitigate against. And people are using GRC as investors or corporate leaders to their competitive advantage. That, to me, in the short term, may be less dinero, uh, but in the long term, they're going to be more sustainable and they'll be a client for much longer. So it's very intrigued with your thoughts around leadership by the government. If I could take that from the FCPA perspective, once again, focusing on energy companies in Houston, um, energy companies were probably the first industry that experienced an FCPA sweep in the first decade of this century. And what energy companies did was they came up with a business response, a business response to a legal problem. So the top tier Chevron, Shell had gold-plated, the producing companies had gold-plated compliance programs. The next level down of service companies, Halliburton, Baker Hughes, Weatherford, they all had compliance programs. But what they did was they drove all the way down to the supply chain. Any company that wanted to do business with a service company had to have a compliance program in place. And I give the example of I had a company with a $15 million piece of software that did one thing downhole. And I kept telling them, if you don't have a compliance program, you're not going to get any investment dollars. And sure enough, when one of the service companies came and wanted to make a funded development investment, the second thing they asked for was your was their compliance program. And it seems to me that that's the type of experience you've seen in the GRC space where companies have responded to government inquiries. They've responded to government enforcement actions, and they've responded to government mandates to create something that is actually a business differentiator and uh, something that uh, makes the business more attractive. Would that would you find uh, that to be accurate as well? Uh, as you're speaking, it's it's um, sort of looking um, in my in my uh, my data banks uh, for the full spectrum because we serve. Uh, everyone from people in the the art, so in other words, the collectibles market, which you could probably not find a more esoteric and opaque industry that is deadly afraid of compliance, uh, all the way through to uh, the defense industry, oil and gas, uh, financial services. And so when I think about how do you use GRC and having a, a deep and thorough compliance uh, function and capability, and not just on paper or in a binder, but in practice, I'll give you an example where it's been used as a, as a secret weapon. And um, in the financial services sector, the emergence of digital currency, in particular, the area that is most feared, uh, in a sense, uh, cryptocurrency, which is you know, AKA Bitcoin, Ethereum, stablecoin. Um, we have a client that took the decision. They were going to, from day one, make compliance, risk management, governance, their hallmark, which meant that they brought people in like us to build out their AML sanctions and fraud detection systems, put in policies, procedures, training, uh, put in security, cybersecurity, and counter-fraud measures uh, before they even launched the business because they could not go to market in this environment where all you hear about are, you know, Silk Road, hackers, 
child trafficking, everyone, you know, like the Star Wars bar full of characters using cryptocurrency for bad stuff. So they used people like us to go to the regulator as a partner and say, we're here, we're being completely transparent. These are our systems, our policies, our procedures. And by the way, here's who's accountable in our organization. And here's our third party risk mitigation framework. They were the first to get the trust designation in this particular state by the financial regulators, as opposed to the other folks that they were competing against who were trying to be clever, you know, usually run by engineers and technologists, and they figured they had, you know, cracked the code and these, these government weenies, you know, these regulators, you know, they, they have... They're, they have no idea. You know, we're trying to revolutionize financial services. Guess what? That hubris, you know, that sort of mindset, they got cooked because you never bet against the regulatory community. You never bet against people in the enforcement sector and you never bet against the government. And, and I think to your point about the oil and gas industry, you know, if you have the mindset, we're here to partner. No one wants to be embarrassed. Nobody wants to be taken advantage of. And, you know, we rely on each other. Like we're in business together in a sense, and we want to partner. I think the organizations that have leadership that thinks about partnering with their regulator is an organization that's going to maybe not grow as fast, but they're going to outlast the competitors. And it's certainly in the technology sector, Tom, there are plenty of people who try to launch businesses and they worry about regulation later. They worry about, they don't even know how to spell politics. Guess what? They're either done and gone or they've just spent an inordinate amount of money because they've almost lost their license, their ability to do business. And all of a sudden those ones and zeros that were so easy to figure out, you know, you're talking about, you know, human beings and DNA you now have to cope with. Uh, an angry regulator or politician or enforcement agent, they ain't going away. Unfortunately, we are near the end of this episode. I was wondering uh, if our listeners wanted any more information on any of the topics we've talked about in this podcast or to find out more information on K2 Intelligence Finn, where could they go? Thanks, Tom. Uh, please visit us on LinkedIn at K2 Intelligence or on Twitter as well. Uh, we do have websites, k2intelligence.com and finintegrity.com. You can find us there. We love being on your show. Thanks for having me. Jeremy, I look forward to continuing the conversation in our fifth and final episode. Thank you, Tom. Have a great day. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation with K2 Intelligence Finn, CEO Jeremy Kroll on GRC Risks, Strategies, and the Future. I hope you will join us again for another episode. This special five-part podcast series is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to visiting with you again.